NG Meets is brought to you by NG Digital. Visit our website at www.ng-digital.co.uk and you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash NG Digital or follow us on Twitter at NG Digital UK. Hello, welcome to NG Meets. You're joining me on what is a very, very sunny day. Uh, hopefully that's going to stick around. The weather seems to be improving. and uh, Hopefully you may be out enjoying it at the moment while you're listening to this podcast. Uh, this episode, episode 11, features Daniel Hoffman-Gill. Uh, Daniel's an actor that first came to my attention when he appeared in Doctor Who a few years back in uh, alongside Peter Capaldi. Uh, I think it was the first episode of Capaldi's second season. And uh, I had a chance to talk to him uh, way back then for another project I was working on, which was great. And it was great to be able to sit down with him this time to do a longer chat to discuss his his career as a whole, growing up in Nottingham uh, and then moving down to London. He's worked down there, uh, finding out what he's working on. He's uh, currently, or he's just wrapped, as it happens this week, filming on a project, The Voyage of Dr. Doolittle. Uh, appearing alongside Robert Downey Jr. So uh, that's pretty exciting. He talks about that in a bit in the show. Uh, we also had a chat about uh, moving to London, his career. Uh, there was a bit about Twitter because he was, although he scaled it back, as he says, quite prolific and often got into uh, quite some debate, heated debates on Twitter with people. And uh, we also touched on uh, his time, his short period he wrote for Left Line and, and his time as a, uh, as the number one or the top poster on the left line forums, which is a bit of a throwback. Uh, forums, obviously, I think are something that have somewhat have gone by the way, thanks to the invention of things like Twitter uh, and Facebook. But back in the day, forums such as Left Lion and a few other ones in Nottingham, such as Sellout and the like, were huge in the same way that social media is now. They were the, they were the community hubs. And uh, Daniel, apparently, as was mentioned in the 100th edition of uh, Left Lion not so long ago, Hold the record for most posts on there. So unsurprisingly, that came up. Uh, Daniel actually given a lot of love there to Left Lion and its importance to him as someone from outside of Nottingham to keep an eye on what's going on up here. It was great to chat to Daniel. I really enjoyed it. It's great to find out what he's up to. And uh, hopefully you'll enjoy this show. Uh, we've got uh, a bit of a break now. We're putting some new shows together, but no guests as yet, but we'll announce them as soon as we can. Uh, we are still looking for guests as well. If you'd be interested in appearing on NG Meets or know somebody you'd like to suggest, get in touch with us. You can uh, email us at info at ng-digital.co.uk. Grab us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com forward slash ngdigital. Or you can find us on Twitter at ngdigitaluk. I'm also looking to put some shows together about organisations and campaigns, etc. in Nottingham. And would welcome ideas on that and uh, any other suggestions. So, if you've got any ideas, get in touch. Let us know. We're always looking for people to become part of the uh, NG Digital podcasting team as well. If you've got ideas for shows and the like, and uh, that's that for the for the housekeeping, so to speak. So here it is now. This is NG Meets. It's episode eleven, and I guess it's Daniel Hoffman Gill. <laughs>
today's guest is Daniel Hoffman Gill, uh, an actor, uh, stage performer, and writer, I believe, um, who who grew up in Nottingham. I think you're now based in London, aren't you? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I live in. Um, I've been in London now for 15 years. Wow, cool, excellent. Well, thank you for uh, joining us on today's show. Like you said, you live. You've been living in London for for 15 years now. Was I'm guessing that was a that was a decision made based on the work because. You know that that's oh, the, yeah. yeah, it's the place yeah, to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, um, both fortunately and unfortunately, but um, yeah, it's possible to try and have a career not living London, but it just makes everything a lot harder. Everything is still uh, passed down here, and most of the films down here. So you know, it just it just just makes it easy to work. To be honest. Yeah, and I, I think back then even more so as well. Yeah, I mean, I did try and come down to London when I was younger but I, I didn't like it very much and kind of scuttled back off to Nottingham with, with my tail between my legs but um, when I came down 15 years ago it was I was a lot more determined to to make it work out here which is which is thankfully what's what's happened yeah so I mean I think Nottingham is definitely having sort of a a real boon in that in the in the creative scene over the last few years but I'd say 15 years ago I'd say it, it wasn't anywhere near the level it is at the moment. Yeah, it seems so. Like I try and keep up to keep up to date with what's happening, um, mostly through Left Lion. Yeah, it's been a Nottingham connection point that I use. And obviously, my mum's just moved back there. Um, she lives in Mapley now. Uh, she moved back last year, and she's obviously born there. But um, she lived all over <clears throat> beforehand. So I, I have been popping back, and obviously seeing them. Um, you know. It's easier to kind of see what's going on. So yeah, it has it has improved. I'm still curious as to who goes to all the new restaurants that we not. <laughs> oh, we've got a lot. Yeah. Back in the day, there was there was just like not, and now there's tons, and I'm like, but technically, not. It was the poorest city in Britain, and who, who's eating in all these restaurants? <laughs> like, I don't understand unless they're that cheap. That, that <laughs> it's cheaper to go out for like a pork pork sandwich than it is just to go like to co-op and do a shop so I don't know I don't know what's going on <laughs> but it's good you know it's yeah. good. there's options because people want just like curry Chinese or go like Antalya um, near the Victoria Centre was about it yeah and, um, restaurants or Mansfield Road there was that weird Mexican that was also in Italian <laughs> um, and that was about it you know those are the options really, really. so yeah uh, it's good to see that it's got some places to eat yeah, and I think on that, I think I might be right in thinking that Nottingham in the UK has got something like the most restaurants per square mile in the UK, in the city centre. I just think that's bizarre. <laughs> I, just, I just think it's weird. So if I'm honest, I just think it's weird. I, I, I'm going to believe you're fat. I'm not going to look at it. <laughs> but, but it just, um, I don't know, that seems pretty odd to me. Yeah, although... But, you know... It's had to come around because probably before it had the least number of restaurants. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully it'll balance out. Um, there's, there's a lot of places to eat. But I don't know where to get money from. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Anytime anything in the city goes, it does seem to, you know, any shop or anything shuts down, If the next thing it becomes is a restaurant. Uh, yeah, 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 most definitely. But I suppose, not anymore, but last time I was there, it feels like, there's not that many shop shops. Like yeah. All the shops have closed. 
So they used to be really good for fashion. There used to be tons of places in Hockley, and now there's not. That's just from my, I don't live there anymore, but that's just from my experience of wandering around. Like, there used to be some really quality places. Yeah. And now all that's happened is it's just the same. You know, there's, there's flannels, which has always been there, whatever it's called, cruise there, whatever, since the beginning of time, if you want to like Versace or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, they're, they're, they're just, the shops are closing, but there just seems to be an increase in restaurants. So, <laughs> I don't know what that says, but not only people getting fat, that's what <laughs> getting fat. I think it's... You may you may be onto something there. Um, you mentioned Left Lion, um, and uh, obviously they've just had their hundredth issue. They have, yeah, um, yeah, they, yeah. I spoke to Jared about that. Congratulating them and stuff. Yes, and because uh, we had Jared, we had Jared as a. Obviously, I used to write for him, so yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I don't, I don't know if you've seen the. Uh, the yeah, yeah, Jared sent it to me. Yeah, the yeah, PDF of the, yeah, of that page. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you've got a little, and I was interested in the. I think it was the fact that you were the, um, the biggest contributor to the forums. Yes. Back in the day. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Back, yeah. Yeah, I was on there. It was. It was. Um, I think that yeah, because when did that was in two thousand and three? Yeah, it started as a website in in two thousand and three. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Okay, right. So what happened is, is that I hadn't had the internet for that long. I, I didn't get the internet at my flat uh, on Loughborough Road in West Bridgeford until 2002, right? And um, it was cable and it was dead fast. It was diamond cable, whatever it was. NTL. Yeah, I remember then, yeah. <clears throat> and, um, and I just got into forums. I got into forums big time and arguing with people on them. Um <laughs> and being a, uh, a really opinionated idiot. So I used to contribute to one that was, you know, the Lemonheads, the band that Evan Dando. Yeah. In, but, you know, I, I basically went on that, there was one for the Lemonheads, and there was one for, and there was the left line for it. And God, I, yeah, I contributed a lot. Because <laughs> but basically, actually, you know, it became a bit like, oh, I'm going to be the most, I'm going to comment the most. So yeah, I, I hold that record. I'm not proud of it. <laughs> Because a lot of what I said on the left line forum was nonsense, <laughs> um, and um, and I just used to argue with people endlessly. I don't know what about now. Just non, just stupid stuff. Um, but yeah, I really got into forums. I was just yeah. But um, it was fun. Obviously, it was fun. But yeah, I I wasn't in it, so I'm not going to be around the bush. <laughs> it's weird because so, I. Yeah. Obviously, the, the the forum is now, you know, with the rise of social media, the forums are, are lost. Yeah. You know, lost all, you know, the, the websites just don't have them anymore because you just send someone, you know, you just put your stuff up on Facebook or Twitter, don't you? And, and that carries on almost forum-like. Um, yeah, I mean, Twitter, yeah, Twitter is, Twitter is just basically a massive forum. Yeah. And that, and that, you know, and obviously now they've included the character limit, there's none of that. <clears throat> It was, it, but it also was, it really was communicating. Yeah. Forums used to be a really good way to actually hang out, virtually hang out. But now you can do that by, you can kind of use WhatsApp to hang out with a small group of friends or, you know, WhatsApp group you've got. So, yeah, they, they, uh, I thought that. I was like, oh, I wonder if there's like a, somewhere on the left line servers, Jared must have a copy of, <laughs> of, the, of the left line forum. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he must. I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to look at what I wrote. <laughs> I know. Uh, I remember um, not the left line one, but being a member of, of other Nottingham forums, 
Um, there, was, there was one called Sell Out way back in in the day, which was a, it was a similar kind of thing. And and at the time, I mean, there was a time when that was huge, as you say, like, and it's it's weird looking back now that for us for a period of time, a few years in at that time, you know, in the early early noughties, maybe that for, they were the the place to be, weren't they? I mean, they would say they were massive. That's where you went to arrange everything or find yeah, everything. Was, yeah. To talk about sort of the sheer ideas, to kind of you know, and obviously the, the forums were organised to encourage you to post a lot, yeah, because they gave you different job titles based on how many times oh, you contributed. Forgotten that. You're a warlock contributor, or you're like, or you are, you know, and, they, and so it, they, they really were keen on you, like offering. That's what they were kind of designed to do, um, and uh, I, you know, I fell for that and ended up just. And the gap was massive. Like I really did. God, I wrote on, um, on there. I won't believe it. <laughs> so, yeah. It's interesting. It was bonkers. Interesting. What you said is like it was as soon as you realised you were sort of up up there. It was like it became a mission. <laughs> yeah, no, it did. Yeah, yeah, and no one ever remotely could get close. But God, it became a mission. <laughs> you know, it really did. Like I had, I was kept going, and so even stuff I wasn't really interested in, I contributed. Yeah. You know, and uh, just row well and all that. So, yeah, oh, God, it was stupid. <laughs> I, I was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I say it's what it's part of, like you said, it was part of the whole forum. Yeah. Uh, the way it was. You say it was, yeah. it was all about posting and, you know, getting them, mm. getting them levels mm. and titles mm. and stars yeah, or whatever they used. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. God, yeah. It was. It was stars. Yeah. And of course, it, all, it always told you. Yeah, uh, from the ones I mainly used, there was always a page, and it always said top, you know, most this month, most in this period. Yeah. You yeah. told you on your thing exactly how many things, so you couldn't get away from the counts, could you? And the, like I say, it was like leaderboards in gaming almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah completely. <laughs> and I, I fell for that. <laughs> I, fell, I fell for that gimmick. So would say I totally fell for that gimmick. So uh, yeah, it's not something I'm proud of, but Jared has mentioned it. So well, yeah, I mean, yeah, and obviously I think you contributed to the magazine as well, or the you know the website as well, didn't you? Back in there. Yeah, I did. Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it was when it was well, obviously they did print it, but yeah, they uh, yeah I did. I I, cont- I contributed. To, I think what I think I forgot what it says in the article, but it was for quite a bit. So there's nine issues. Or yeah. And that was fun. That was, you know, it was fun. They were a nice bunch of people to, to kind of, uh, to kind of work with. It was yeah. a welcome environment, you know. So yeah, I think, um, I think that definitely. Then that was back in the day when there wasn't much going on. Um, so you know, they really, um, they weren't early torchbearer for uh, Nottingham being having some kind of creative spirit. Yeah, and I'm having someone out there shouting about the city, particularly. As, I, as Jared said, one of the main reasons they launched was because Nottingham was getting labelled, you know, as, as the knife crime centre and Shottingham and things like that. Yeah. So it was, you know, to sort of almost push back and say, you know, there's, you know, there's more to us than being, you know, the crime capital or whatever we're being labelled as. Oh yeah, completely. But, yeah, yeah. You know, they did. They had a, they had a big part to playing that, and uh, yeah, they're an important. They are. They're a really important part. As, um, so, um, but I'm back to you. And you, you grew up. You say you grew up in West Bridgeford. No, no, no. I was. I, I grew up in St. Thomas. Okay, yeah. And um, 
I've worked my way through Nottingham neighbourhoods. So by the time I left Nottingham, I was in the best, so to speak. You know, or what people imagine is the best part of Nottingham to live in. Yeah. It's West Bridgeford because it's past. Um, <laughs> but no, I, was, I, was, I was born in St. Abbas and I worked my way up. So I did a bit of time in Netherfield, you know, Carlton, and then peaked with uh, West Bridgeford. So yeah, that, that's, that's my... Um, that's my night in <laughs> And then from West Bridgeford to London. So yeah, that, yeah. That must have been yeah. that must have been quite a, a sort of awakening. So that's that's a you know moving down to the capital, which is you know. Yeah, I went from I went from being in a nice one bed flat on Loughborough Road, like not far from the Alster, um, and it was three hundred pounds a month. And then I went to a room. In a, in a, you know, so a house in like Peckham, Camberwell, South East London area. Um, and it was 450 for the room. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that was, but having said that, I, I was prepared for all of that. Yeah. You know, I've been living a little bit in Essex beforehand and going into London a lot. And I was prepared for the cost and I was prepared for. Um, you know, I was, I was, and it was, I just really love London, I'm, a, I'm not afraid to say it, but I am pro-Nottingham, but I just, I wouldn't want to live there anymore, um, it's not, uh, it, it just feels dead small, um, yeah. and that doesn't stop me being proud that I'm from there, but it's, um, you know, it's just weird things like it's dead quiet on Monday, and <laughs> there's, there's no one lives there, like there's not enough people, and there's just, um, I was talking about it like in relation to London. Yeah. Uh, you just, and yeah, Nottingham has vastly improved in terms of what's going on, most definitely. But obviously, London's <coughs> unbeatable for that kind of experience. Yeah, I mean. And there's loads of Nottingham people down here as well. Um, so it's not like you kind of miss, um, miss home that much. Anything, yeah, it's that. So I, I was, I just wanted to be in London. So I was, it wasn't like I was. Uh, what's the word? You know, like oh my god! Um, I was just really glad to be here, and, and everything was dead exciting. Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, no, I remember. I remember. Yeah, my friend Mark Whiteley, who lived in Netherfield at the time, who was born and raised in Carlton. Um, he um, he helped he helped me move out. He had a van, so I emptied all my stuff out from 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 the place at Bridgeford. and then we drove down to London to Peckham, and um, yeah, loaded the stuff up into the new place and my dad helped as well yeah he um and uh, he was living in kent then so so yeah it was it was i remember it really fondly like leaving and i i, I wasn't sad he was excited <laughs> I, I kind of waved nine and goodbye and was like okay cool let's um let's do this so yeah and uh, i'm still here yeah yeah i mean <laughs> so it's obviously it's, it's quite clear that it was the, the right choice <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, completely. It's just, it's just everything to do with acting, and my job is down here. Yeah, um, I've, I've, that. I've spoken to, before to people that have, have made the similar, you know, the similar journey, and they've said because ev- mm. everything, every meeting, and everything is down there, and it does get, and even if it wasn't part of your plan, I mean, it, it seems it was all it was part of your your plans. Even so, it does get a point when you realise that you know if you really want to go for this, you need yeah, to be. At, I mean, you need yeah, to be at the I heart. Hear of someone it. says, or 
it's not going to be London or, you know, it's got the, the, the shift away from London. It's happening now. The newspapers are full of it. Like people are moving out to Kent or Essex or you know, Middlesex. Or, and I'm like, I'll believe that when I see it. Yeah. Some of my friends are moving out a bit, but they're staying in the South East and they're still using London as a hub. So it's just, it's the, it's, it is, it's the brain drain of London is, 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 is very much present. And there is this, uh, and that means that there's lots of folks that are from Nottingham that are down here that's, that I hang out with. Yeah. Are, you know, so you know, it's not like where I'm from feels that far away. No. You know, and the thing is, down here, it's you know, being from Nottingham is is it's interesting. You know, they wonder where the accent's from. They can't quite place it in yeah. Yorkshire or something else, and all that. And, you know, we say things like carbon. And, and that always confuses them. So you know, it's 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 kind of like it's still a kind of a bit a bit unique and interesting for for, for local Londoners as well. So it's you know, so, yeah, it's it's, 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 a, it's a magic place, a difficult place to live yeah. and work, but you know, it's magic fundamentally. Excellent. And um, so prior, obviously, going back to before you made the move uh, and before you got started, what? Was it at school then that you sort of developed the love and the, the wish to get into the acting training? Yeah, yeah, it was a junior school, yeah, Carlton Central Junior School. Um, I did uh, a play called Oh, What a Lovely War. Um, and uh, I was 10. And it was, I, just, I was really blown away by the effect that the play could have on adults. You know, that was being played by a bunch of kids. And... Um, and it's a, yeah, it's a really moving show, but as a, as a 10 year old, I was surprised by the power that acting had over grown up. And I thought, well, this is good. And um, it's pretty much from there. That's kind of like when people ask me, that's the point that I put it to. Yeah. You're doing that show and just having such a good time doing it and thinking, this is, this, this would be a really good job if I could keep doing this on a regular basis. So, um, yeah, and that's, and that's what's happened. <laughs> so pretty much but yeah that's when and then just doing loads of school plays um, studying drama um, working with an amazing drama teacher at, at Frank Weldon comprehensive school in Carlton called Miss Lewis um, or Joan Spence depending on what you want to use the real name who still lives on Carlton Road um, or Carlton Hill sorry and uh, yeah and then and then going to drama school and, yes. and all that stuff and, and, and I, initially, I started to work in. I still lived in Nottingham and tried to work as an actor. But, um, I did some things, but it was, you know, it was a, it was a little bit hit and miss. Yeah. So, and then, then like as we've, as we've already talked about, made the decision to go back to drama school for for a one year course and uh, get a master's degree, um, and then and then move permanently. That was the plan, and that's kind of what's happened since. So, yeah. But technically, this is year 21 of being a professional actor. Yeah. I, first, I did my first job in 1997. So, mm. the summer of 97. So, since then, yeah, long time. I think it's uh, it's quite impressive actually that you 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 knew sort of so young. It's really one that yeah, obviously 
makes There's a big difference between knowing and and doing. Yes, of course. <laughs> that that you know that 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 really is something you know. And there's lots of times where I thought it was over um, and it wasn't going to happen, and I'd missed my chance. There's no doubt about that. It's, and the job is so up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, but even now, with with a set with a reasonably settled career, it, you know, it's still nothing is guaranteed. Um, and you still have to keep battling and fighting for the work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's nice to be able to, um, yeah, feel like I am doing what I wanted to do all those years ago. Yeah. That is a, that is a very nice feeling to, to have, there's no doubt about that, yeah. Yeah, so you could, you, you know, if you could go back and tell ten-year-old you and say, yeah, you know, it, we did it. <laughs> you know, yeah, indeed. You know, yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, that would that would be that would be really nice. <laughs> so, what, when you when you were first, you know, I guess you know when you decided that's what you want to do, what was the sort of uh, support like? Did you were people because we get a lot of people we talk to within the sort of creative industries that talk about how they're often told, oh yeah, now you need to go up and get a real job type responses they get. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, and that, the thing is, is that that's still, that's still part of it. Yeah. That's still part of the, that's definitely still part of the job is getting that kind of, um, you've got, um, you know, that's to get a real job and all, and, and all that stuff. That still, that, that still happens now or, or when people ask about the work. It is, it's just, it's, yeah, I mean, I had support. I, yeah, I think so. I mean, my mum was really supportive. My dad, not so much. Um, and I think that, I think the dad didn't really get into it until I started to earn a decent amount of money. But I feel enough. You know, I, I understand where that, where that thought process came from. But yeah, yeah. you get a lot of people doing that because a lot of people don't understand how the job works as well. So, you know, because it, it, um, it's difficult. It's one of the only jobs where if things are, you know, sometimes you have to have another job or two yeah. other jobs. You know, it's you know someone is a, a plumber that normally have to worry about, you know, being a bartender on the side. <laughs> yeah, it's um, totally. And, and obviously there's a lot of pressure that comes with that and, you know, being embarrassed about doing other stuff, and, you know, it is, it's, um, and most people don't, because most people just watch telly and think, oh, all films, that's how the job works, but, yeah, they don't really understand the, um, the details of the job and all that, yeah, so, yeah that, that is, that is, that's just how it goes, I suppose. I guess there's, there's also an element of, um, you know, act, you know, acting, oh, no, that, you know, that's not something that someone you know a working class happens to a working class kid from Nottingham sort of attitude, like you say. Particularly, yeah. you know, back then, or yeah. even I mean, I guess even more so now for working class people. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's still barriers to the yeah. There's still barriers to the industry, and the industry is still really classist. And there's been lots of stuff about that, and it's not just how expensive it is. So it is to deal with the fact. And it's not just a, you know, it is, you know, I've got a friend who, who I won't say his name, but he, he's, he's a really good actor, but, he, you know, he's, he's got quite, um, he's just from Hertfordshire, and he's got just quite a rough knockabout kind of, basically to us it sounds a bit cockney, but some, you know, if he's worked, he works in the industry, but a lot of people won't want him answering the phones, because he don't sound, he don't sound posh. 
Yeah. And that's like 2018. You know, the industry's still got some real, real issues with regards to uh, stuff like that still. So, yeah, it's a bit depressing, really. Um, but that, what someone sounds like, is still a big deal. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, there's, 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 there's a long way to go uh, on that front, unfortunately. Yeah, there is. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, again, with the with the way things are at the moment, and with you know, with the way the thing, austerity things have been carried out, of course, things like you know, drama groups and things like that, they're always the first things to get chopped away, aren't they? As well, which takes that help away from people that don't have the means to afford to yeah. get into it. So yeah, 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 completely. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, that is just a constant. It's, 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 it's a constant battle, and it's not getting and it's not getting any easier in any way, shape, or yeah. Unfortunately, um, in, interesting though. I do think I've noticed recently that the people do seem to be finally speaking out about it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's good that there's a dialogue at last. Yeah. most definitely that people are starting to talk about it. I think that is really important. Um, so yeah. Uh, I hope that I hope that discussion keeps happening. Um, so yeah, yeah, it is that, that you know it is good that the, it's it's getting out there at last and people having that chat. But it's still a long way from being fixed. Yeah, of course. It's like all the Me Too stuff in relation to sexual harassment in the industry and all that stuff. It's good. It's really good that it's out there, but it's still a problem. Yeah, you know, it don't just go away. No, men don't stop being douchebags, but just because there's a movement, you know, it takes retraining, you know, people, you know, it takes re-education without founding to 1984, <laughs> you know, it's, it really does, it takes a while for these things to, 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 to filter down, do you know what I mean? Definitely, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost probably generational, isn't it? It's going to take that length of time to sort of pass it on. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree, yeah, and, we'll do. And in a similar vein, and one of these, and I know you're you're quite a prolific prolific uh, Twitter user. I am, yes. And you're taking over from the forum. Yeah, and uh, but one of the one of the issues that often comes up in discussions about anything like that, and you you mentioned the Me Too movement there, and anything like that, is the, the the big problem that social media causes is it off while it offers a opportunity for people to speak who maybe wouldn't get one. Yeah. It moves so fast. That like even now, only a few months on from the, the Me Too movement, that's almost already forgotten about, because something at every few minutes something else comes up and catches everyone, and it's it's so fast paced that it's almost it's a something comes massive for a moment, but then disappears. Yeah, it does, and it's a problem. But that happens with the news cycle as well. Yeah. Um... Uh, and I don't know whose fault necessarily it is. I don't think we live in a time where there's more news than there's ever been. I don't think it's that. I think it's we live in a time where I think there is a desire to keep um, to keep finding a new story and a new angle. And unless something can increase its shelf life as a lead story, uh, it disappears. So basically, what it will need is is that it will need someone else being noted as a sex pest is what it will need for it yeah. then to back into the dialogue. So, you know, it's unfortunately it seems to need a constant feeding. Um so yeah, it is. So things things come and go uh, rapid. You know, you've seen that with like you know, it's seen that with Trump, like 
he constantly makes a series of terrible mistakes yeah. and, and errors of judgment, but they last for a couple of days and then it dies down, something else happens and, and if there's a big enough story, then him saying or doing something stupid is kind of erased a little bit from the narrative. Yeah. So yeah, it is, it is. There's a constant there's a constant churn and everyone, it's like the Cambridge Analytica story. The journalist that broke that, uh, Car- I think it's Caroline or Carolyn. Um, yeah. She, she's having to work really hard on Twitter to, to keep, it. keep what is a really important story about the referendum possibly being, you know, um, stolen or fixed, for want of a better word, by, by the use of this information on social media. It's a massive story. Yeah. Because Brexit is a massive story in terms of our... Um, you know, in terms of our our nation and where it's at, you know, and but the fact she has to keep kind of <laughs> finding an angle really to keep it buzzing is it's just depressing. You know, it's nowhere on the no. BBC homepage at the moment with regards to news. You know, as I stare at it right now, <laughs> even though it's one of the biggest, you know, one of the biggest kind of things to affect our nation in yeah. you know in recent memory. So. Yeah, it is. It is difficult to maintain. Yeah. Yeah. I think I get the feeling as well that that those in in powerful positions have have realised that that because it does and they, if they ride it out for the sort of few days or a couple of weeks, it disappears and they it they left alone. You know, there's an it. There doesn't seem yeah. to be any. You know, there was a time when off a lot of these stories like that one and like we're seeing at the moment with Windrush would have yeah. take arguably. You know, would have certainly taken down. Um, yeah. cabinet members and possibly a government yeah. now they it feels like they think well if we just ride it out for a couple of weeks something else will come up yeah and it'll yeah, be well, forgotten then you have to ride it out for a couple of weeks yeah I mean you know again the the, the Windrush debacle and all of that is not even you know it's not it's not really even uh, front page news no. it's already it's already dropping off some newspapers are still riding it as, as just off but you know at the moment it's it's back on to Brexit and Arsene Wenger's just declared he's leaving Arsenal you know uh, like those yeah. things those things uh, are popped to the top yeah. and push and push the other stuff down so yeah it is normally things like that would someone would resign well, I mean yeah I mean but no one's no one's resigning because they don't have to wait in two weeks it's two days you know, especially in the era of Trump and he can say something or threaten to bring our planet to an end yeah. prematurely with nuclear warfare. Well, he, and, you know, your your stupid, ignorant decision about Windrush just disappears off the face of the earth. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it is. It is. Well, the thing, that's, that's the, era the thing with Trump as well, like you said, he, he, he says something and it's a big deal for two days and then it disappears. But that's generally because he's then said something else. He he says so much stuff that you can't keep up just with what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's 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 a master of just churning out. Which is, I suspect, he knows. He does so much that it's impossible to, for, you know, to yeah. focus on any one thing, and it just mm. it all becomes a mess. Mm. But yeah, I'm, yeah, it is. It's a huge. Uh, it's yeah, it's a huge. It's, it is. It's a problem, and, and you know, it, uh, it has to be a way figured out of dealing with it most definitely. But yeah, so I say, and, and, and it's obviously like you are, you're quite prolific on there, and you're often, um, as is as is the way with Twitter, I've seen you often take a lot of abuse for comments you make because obviously, because of your profession and things, you're not supposed to have 
a political opinion. Yeah, or, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've had to, I've had to wind that, I've had to wind that down. Yeah, that is most definitely because uh, it, it's just bad for your mental health. Um, engaging with, uh, engage. Well, I'll use it. Yeah, I mean, it basically engaging with Scott. It me- means you end up falling eventually down to their level. And by scum, I mean people who who hold really uh, racist um, or misogynistic or, or, or other such worldviews, um, whether that be anti-Semitic or others, you know, that it, it's an absolute waste of time yeah. engaging with these people. And it's, it's took me far too long to realise that. And I basically knocked it on the head towards the end of last year and have not really restarted those kind of uh, channels for want of a better word and my I just feel loads better yeah <laughs> you know I, I was working I was trying to do Twitter's job for them which <laughs> get as many people removed off Twitter yeah and then I realised I had an epiphany that why am I doing this job for free when Twitter should keep a clean platform itself uh, and not allow extreme right wing racist fascist views in their platform um, and so I thought, you know what, I'm gonna. So in general, I have, I have retreated from Twitter. My my contributions yeah. are massively reduced because, um, yeah, it just makes me happier. <laughs> yeah. Not to engage on that. Um, not to engage on that platform. You know. I think you make a good point, then. It was something that happened to me because I not on Twitter but on Facebook, and I oh, used God. to get yeah, and I used to get involved in a lot of. Yeah. issues on there but you you do reach a point where you realize you're wasting your time because it doesn't matter what evidence or fact you present yeah. you're not changing these people's mind all you're doing is making yourself more and more annoyed and depressed yeah, and angry that's what Brexit, Brexit did that yeah. just unfollowed like that size of well not that many but loads of old school friends I'll be frank it was mostly people from, from Nottingham that I had to get rid of um, from the Facebook um, because they just they, they just kept and, and also you know then you learn about the role that Facebook played in, 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 in being a forum for lies and mis- disinformation um and you kind of, yeah, I mean, I, so I've never been big on Facebook anyway, thank God. I've never engaged much on that. But it's still every now and then, yeah. you know, like, due to the bombing of Syria recently, it's amazing how many people are stupid enough to put pro-Assad imagery on their Facebook. Yeah. But all, all that means is, is that I just, I just, I just defriend them. You know, it's, it's a good, it's good in a way. Facebook sorts the wheat from the chaff. Like, I just, you don't know that someone's got really weird political beliefs until you go on Facebook and then you, know, you can kind of, you can unfollow them. Yeah, I mean, you realise you... that they, they, they kind of want to put pro-Assad imagery on <laughs> Facebook. You're like, yeah, you're, you're just because he's our enemy, you want to make him your friend because you don't agree with the political powers. And it's like, yeah, no thanks, I'm all right. You know, unfriend. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's like you said. I know what I mean, and sometimes it can be surprising, can't it, with the people that you know? Yeah, but it's, it's horrible as well. You know, like in the old days, you wouldn't have known that someone was a uh, a Holocaust denier. Yeah, or was a um, didn't believe in vaccinating their children against serious illness, or you know, or believed that. Um, Fraudulently, the genetically modified crops created cancer. You know, like you wouldn't, yeah. because you wouldn't really, you wouldn't really get into that 
you wouldn't really get into that yeah, discussion it's, it's with them. It's not them. pub chat, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's not something that would happen. But then, but then you kind of get Facebook and other social media like just really exposes you to people's worst held beliefs. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's. Um, Best, best offer. So yeah, my my Twitter contributions are massively reduced, and I don't argue with racism. No, and uh, and you feel a lot better for it. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, I feel a lot better for it. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> um, I can understand that. Um, you know, there's enough, there's enough depressing stuff going on, is there? <laughs> without, yeah, there is. You know, without yeah, bringing yeah. it on. Yeah. yeah um, definitely. So, um, getting back into your your sort of acting work, and you, yeah. you said you've been doing this now since sort of '97. Yeah. So, can you still sort of re- remember that first job as it was? You know, the first time you said, "Oh, I'm doing this professionally now." Yeah, yeah. It was a play called Better's and Pipe, uh, written by another Nottingham uh, acting alumni called uh, Ju- Julian Kemp also went to Frank Weldon as well. He makes uh, he makes films now and he's a director. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it was the play he wrote and it was directed by um, Sarah Poyser, who is another Nottingham acting legend. She's in Mamma Mia at the moment and has been for a long time. And uh, yeah, I did that and it was it was it, we. I got paid, which is good. And it was in nine ninety seven and. Um, yeah, and it was it was it was that that was the first that was the first kind of uh, that was the first acting job, and then it just kind of went from there, um, you know. And and obviously with huge ups and downs, like yeah. there were some really good jobs, and then there's some really bad ones, and then obviously there was periods of not working for a while, um, and all of that stuff in that in that early ten year period, really before I moved to London. Um, so yeah, it was uh, that. That was the first one, but it was it was great. It was a really, it was just it was a really good show. It still is a really good show. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I think I had a great time. And I guess but, yeah, it didn't feel any different in many ways than when you just had done plays before where I hadn't been paid. Yeah. So you know, it was just it's the same thing. You just get a you just get a paycheck, and it's just it's a nice it's a nice way to earn a living. And that was yeah. And obviously having that. That great first experience is important, isn't it? Because it it sort of sets out the road ahead. You know, if that if that yeah. first one uh, doesn't, you know, if if you don't enjoy that first one, it makes it a lot more difficult. Yeah, yeah, it does. yeah, yeah. So it was good. It was a great. It was a great way to start. It was a good positive. You know, uh, a, a good positive experience. Not all of them are, but you know, of course, it was. Yeah. It was uh, it, you know, it was a nice. Uh, it was a nice way for things to start, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, talking of, because you still, obviously, you still do a lot of stage work. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. I do, yeah. I, I do, yeah. And last year, I think it was last year, you did uh, the, the, is it the open air? Yeah, the open air theatre. Yeah, theater. that was something I was on the bucket list to do. Yeah. It's a great space. It's been there since the 20s in Regent's Park. And, um, I've done a little bit of open air stuff before, but not full run. And um, yeah, that was lovely. That was that was that was no doubt that was the highlight of last year. Yeah, um, playing playing Bill Sykes. Yeah, the that was um, that was that was the that was a real highlight work wise last year. I mean, this <laughs> wonderful experience. Obviously, stage stage performance adds in a whole different set of um, 
you know, complications, work and things to to being on screen. But then and then but then adding in the whole the, you know, the additional thing of being outside and the elements because obviously I looked at some of the pictures and it looked, you know, it looked brilliant. But you've always got that risk that it, you know, that it might chuck it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it happened on the last performance. Yeah. On the last, we, we only lost one due to rain. And then on the last show, it was good actually, on the last show, we, uh, just as Bill Sykes is about to, you know, he dies, as you know, at the end yeah. of Oliver Twist. But, it, uh, you know, like you got to the end of the show and the, the heavens opened. Um and, uh, you know, Bill dies, and it just really was like one of those British kind of thunderstorm showers yeah. that, that, that dropped down. And it was, uh, yeah, it was magic. It was a great way, it was a great way for the show to end. You know? um, but yeah, it, but that's, but you, you know, most of the time, we like I said, we only lost one show due to the weather. That's, yeah. Uh, well, half a show. We did the first half, and um, uh, but we couldn't finish it because it was too it was too wet, yeah. too dangerous for us to be on the stage. Um, so, so yeah, it was. But you know, it, is, it was it was a, it's a wonderful, wonderful space. And if anyone is listening, I urge them to go <laughs> to uh, you know to have a look. Um, to see uh, to see shows there because it really is so it's, it's an amazing space it's a really good venue Excellent. I say, it's, it's a, and we've we've started to see it appear happening in Nottingham a bit. They're starting to do it. I mean, we've obviously we've always had um, things like the Robin Hood events at the Castle, but over the last few years, we have they've started putting on, you know, that that the kind of outdoor performances in in the grounds of the Castle and at Wollerton and places like that. And yeah. it's it just I think it, you know there's something special about theatre anyway when you go to a show. I guess you know yeah. because of that being there, being able to see them actually on stage. But then you add in in the outdoor. I think there's some there's something really special, especially if it is a lovely day and you can you know sit in yeah, the park yeah, and watch. Yeah, definitely, yeah, so, yeah. It is. They're just lovely spaces to, to yeah to perform in and for audiences to watch stuff. So yeah, most definitely. Yeah, and that, yeah. yeah, again, it remind, it reminds you that you know, it's a, a reminder of that we've still got some beautiful spaces. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, no, it's um, it's, it's uh, yeah. I recommend seeing a, a play outdoors to anyone. It's uh, it's it's really it's really cool. Excellent. And then uh, moving on to your screen work, I guess is the word. Yeah. And I guess um, from from a personal point of view, I, my the most prominent role I you know you from I would say is Doctor Who. Yeah. As a, as a big fan, and I, I remember I spoke to you. You know, not long just after you appeared in that, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, which was a obviously it was like the opening episode of uh, I think the second Capaldi yeah, season. season. Yeah, you know, it was. Yeah. It was a big yeah. episode because Missy reappeared and yeah, it um, was. Yeah, a lot was going on. Yeah, yeah I mean, that, so that I'm, I mean, I don't know, you know, whether you were a fan of Doctor Who as a you know as a child or the, the new stuff, um, but. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, 
I think, generally speaking, the answer was no. You know, I was obviously aware of Doctor Who. I watched it a bit as a kid. Yeah. But uh, it wasn't really my cup of tea. It wasn't kind of something that I was, you know, a huge fan of. Um, But, you know, that's, that's... it's very rare that you get a chance to uh, to do to do something that you know that you that you're a, that you are a huge fan, you know, like or that you're really into. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was a great job. Doing Doctor Who was great. It opened lots of other doors. Well, that's think. yeah. And it was a cracking experience. And the cast is some really top-notch actors are in that. So. And you had it was quite yeah. a, a fun role you had from uh, what I can remember yeah, of it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. A, it was real honour to be involved yeah. with and uh, yeah and you know it's still it's still something that I'm immensely proud of um, so yeah you know it was it was great it was a great experience um, so so yeah it was okay. it was it was a good part to get yes yeah, so, and obviously I mean you know it's, it's a Saturday night prime time BBC one you know, in terms in terms of British television, they don't get much bigger, do they? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, it, yeah. Well, it's a, it was a, it was a really big job, and it's it's really helped. Um, uh, yeah, it's you know, it's been in that's really helped push the career forward. Yeah, because so, you, you know, it's one of those jobs. Yeah. You you since then obviously you appeared in Sherlock. Yeah. Episode of yeah. that. Um, and, yeah. And on the screen, you were, of course you were in. Um, in the um, Alice in Wonderland sequel, uh, through the Looking yeah, Glass. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, which was, yeah, which is the you know probably the biggest project I've worked on, um, definitely in terms of budget and the scale and and um, you know the kind of the kind of performers that, and other actors that are involved in that. Um, you know that is a really uh, that is that is that was big. That was. Uh, there was a lot of money floating around in that one. A lot of, lot, lot of budget. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, yeah. Very, that, was, that was exciting. Exciting to film a lot of the stunts and stuff like that. It was, it was just, just, it was just like being on a ride, being paid <laughs> to be on a ride, um, which is which is always good if you can get that job. Yeah, and I, I guess um, was that I guess first, like you said, that was the first time you'd done anything of that. Scale. Oh yeah, the looking glasses most definitely. Even even currently working on the even currently working on the uh, Doctor Do little film um, uh, with Robert Downey Jr. The scale still of the Disney film was far was just was just bigger. You know. Yeah. It's it's just it's just it was just next level that a project of that size with a budget. Of that size, something like that, something like 170 million. <laughs> the budget, I think, I'd have to check IMDb. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a lot of money. Um, yeah, they re- they rebuilt, uh, you know, an 18th century boat from scratch and put it on hydraulics and were able to tilt it 190 degrees and 180 degrees or whatever. I mean, it was just it was mad. Um, the kind of stuff that they had, uh, you know, on, on that on that shoot. So yeah, that's still definitely the biggest project, and it was you know. It was great. To, it was great to be involved. Uh, yeah, something of that size. I mean, we talked. We talked earlier about you know being able to go back and and say to the ten-year-old you after that first school play. Yeah. About, and you know when you when you're a ten-year-old thinking about going into 
you know, that you want to be an actor, that's the, the kind of thing you wanted to do, and it work on those huge yeah, films. Yeah, yeah, being a Disney, yeah. you know, yeah, I mean, doing Disney, Disney film, it's something I never thought I'd do, you know, doing a, doing a, you know, having a, what is now, working on a Universal Pictures movie, you know, it's just, I, I didn't, I didn't ever think that would, that would happen, you know, so, it's just, uh, yeah, it is, it's, um, it's, it's, you know, it is bonkers. It's wonderful, but it is, it is bonkers. Yeah, definitely. It must be. I've always wondered because, obviously, um, you know, we you watch movies and TV and things, and it's a great escape. Uh, but obviously, when you're working on it, and you know, um, things that are recorded, they're, they're often recorded in different orders, and you know, uh, because of sets and things. So, how when you sit down and watch stuff? How easy is it to just sit and enjoy it, or are you often looking at the sort of technical sides of it and things and thinking, oh, they must have filmed this like this? And yeah, well, the thing is, I think I, I don't, I don't really watch films or television um, very much because they're not, they're not really my cup of tea. So if I do watch things, it's mostly documentaries. Right. I like non-fiction a lot. So I don't, you know, I've watched obviously stuff in the, I like old films and all that, but I, I don't have any problem just watching stuff as long as the story's well told. Yeah. But in terms of, in terms of, I do, yeah, I don't really, you know, so people say, oh, I've seen this, so if you watch this TV show, <laughs> and mostly the answer's no, I don't, I don't watch, and I don't particularly have an interest in seeing them. They have to be about something really good, um, but most of the time I prefer to watch uh, or engage with a documentary or, or, you know, something along those lines. Yeah. A bit. Um, that's just, you know, that's just the way I, same with, with books. I, I really don't like reading fiction and haven't done for the past, I don't know, five ten years um i'm mostly reading not i mostly just read non-fiction and occasionally people will buy me books and i'll force myself to read them yeah if they're a novel and then i'll go back to reading things that i want to read which is mostly like i said it's, it's non-fiction and i'm sure maybe another 10 years i'll be back on reading stuff but it's just i'm just you know truth is a lot uh, stranger than fiction <laughs> well, definitely at the minute <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this and it is. There's no, you know, like if, uh, you know, um, I read Midnight's Norman Rushdie, but I still prefer um, the, a, a great non fiction book about partition of India. You know, it's just it's just better. The truth is better, um, in my opinion, anyway, even than the great, the great novelist like Salman Rushdie's Imagination. Um, that, and that's just the way I feel at the moment. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really watch much stuff. Because most of it's rubbish, I'm afraid. <laughs> in my opinion, anyway. Most of it's crap. That's fair. Um, no, it's not my cup of tea. Uh, so, yeah. Apart from the stuff you're in, obviously. Yeah, well, I'm not, <laughs> say, I'm not saying that either. I, I, I'm, not, I'm definitely not saying I've not been in anything crap. I definitely have been. Um, but, you know, it's, yeah, I, I think it's, that's the thing. It's just, the, I prefer listening to music. That's yeah. my escape. I prefer that rather than watching something. I prefer listening to some tunes. Yeah, fair enough. That's, yeah, I can understand that. Um, you mentioned then that, you know, obviously not everything you're in comes out as well as people would hope. Uh-huh. Um, when you film your stuff, is it, does it ever happen that sometimes you're working something and you suddenly, and it'll it'll be like, this isn't, this isn't going to be any good? <laughs> or can you not really tell because of the way things are filmed? Well, because you always, well, you know, some, you know, it's, uh, the, the thing is, uh, 
you know, because of the script. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, is that how many how many Hollywood films have a good script? Well, I, you'd, you'd probably say not very many, mm. really, because most of them are written by about twenty five different people. Yeah. Um, that contribute, and anything that's written in that fashion is always going to be a bit rubbish. Um, so you know, and I, and I think most people go don't want to go to the cinemas, and they don't want a good script. To be honest, they 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 want they want some you know like plot holes just notoriously. I love the Star Wars films, but you know the the new ones are, are lovely. But you know they don't make much sense. They're just a series of explosions <laughs> together with with some good fight sequences and, and and characters that you care about. But they don't make any sense. You know, not really. So I, I think it's you know you, you can tell normally from a script. Yeah, you'll go. You know. Well, um, but, but that doesn't mean people aren't going to like it. You know, there's things with bad scripts that have really successful, like they keep churning out their Pirates of the Caribbean films. I mean, they make no sense at all. <laughs> but, you know, no one seems to care. People think, keep going. Yeah, I think it, them, so. <laughs> it might have been your your tweet that I actually saw, which was a, a retweet of one of the Pirates of the Caribbean films where they put like a guide. In the DVD case, because it made so little sense. I mean, I haven't seen any of the more recent ones of it. But yeah, I think, I think I, there was yeah, a... Yeah, I mean, that, that sums yeah. it up, though. Yeah. That sums it up. And it's still... There's still some of the most top... I think that third one, actually, one of the top grossing films yeah. of the time. Or maybe it's the second one. But you don't need... That's the thing. That's the thing that's a bit, <laughs> a bit depressing, is that you don't need to make sense. But that's art. It's all really subjective, you know. One person's piece of rubbish is another person's yeah. best that's, film ever made. Sometimes and you just want to escape, don't you? Yeah, I suppose, but I, I think that's that's again. I, t- I turn to music for that. I yeah, turn to music for 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 an escape and you know to to, to take my imagination somewhere else. Um, yeah, definitely. I use uh, I use the music for that rather than sitting down and watching it. Yeah, so, yeah. I think when I, when when it's about sitting down and watching something, I want I actually want to learn loads. You know, and I, yeah. that is in a sense in an escape. Learning and education is. Is an escape, in my opinion, because it transforms transforms your sense of of things. So yeah, I, you know, I watch a documentary on anything, give or take, <laughs> 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 on any subject matter. There's some. I mean, Netflix has had a, has got quite a good selection of documentaries on. Actually. Allegedly, I mean, I don't um, have Netflix. I don't. I don't there's, there's enough on. There's enough on uh, Amazon and yeah. on BBC to last me a lifetime <laughs> especially if the BBC drag out old stuff from the archives I mean that's always a joy yeah they had, they had a series of documentaries on from the late 60s early 70s and they just I could watch them all day Damn that's, that you talk about you know wanting to forget about all like you know you, you let your brain wander well them documentaries are like time travel yeah you know you can and I just find it mesmerising you know what, what, what Britain was like only 40, 50 years ago, yeah. it's, it's a different, it's different planet to, to, to the nation that we live in now, so I, that, that, that's what transports me. Yeah, I mean, so, you know. I'm, I can sit and watch sort of like hours of um, of, of anything David Attenborough's done. <laughs> yeah, 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 oh, yeah, completely, yeah. especially, you know, when they reissue some of the old stuff, it's just, yeah. you know, again, it is, it's free time travel. It's like putting on a song from a time period. You know, yeah, that's a, that's a, it's, um, I like that way of looking at it. It can, it just, it can transport you. you know, yeah. Be in late 60s San Francisco or wherever, whatever your, your musical 
tasters, you know. Um, and that's what I, I, that's what I like about those you know, those art forms, those particular styles, so which that's really exciting to me. Though. I'm kind of I um, if I if I want to sort of learn something, I find I tend to have to read it. So like. Yeah. Um, I'm still a big yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of fiction I know you're not but I'm, I, what I mm. tend to do is I read I read a fiction then a non-fiction and I flip between them mm. um, yeah. and because I'm, I'm I go through like I'm fascinated by physics and things like that yeah yeah um, anything yeah. you know anything that's too just really complicated and you think how does that work but mm. I try with documentary our time I really struggle to not get distracted by doing other things when I've got a telly on Right. I'm terrible for it, so I think oh, I've got this that I need to be working on, and then I lose track of whatever I add on. Yeah. So this is so I tend to same thing. I love I love learning that stuff, but I tend to have to do it through books because it's when I'm reading a book, I take myself away from everything else. Yeah, there's more focus. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's the thing that's you know everyone has their own way yeah. of, of engaging with stuff. Most definitely. Yeah. But, yeah. I think they're just you know I just think it's it's important you, to try to. You know, engaging stuff. You know, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think yeah. we'd, well, the whole whole planet would be a bit better off if people made a bit more effort to read things <laughs> or learn things. Yeah, <laughs> you, study. You, I, you think so? Yeah, that would be yeah. nice. But some people are resistant to that. So yeah, of um, course. You have to let them get on with that. It also is important where you learn it from as well. <laughs> That's yeah, one of the major, is. you know. One of the things yeah. I can say about the internet is it, it's never been easier to, you know, to research something. But then it's also never been easier to, um, as, you know, have your own beliefs proved. Because if, if you know how to, if you, all you've got to do is it's all down to how you search in Google, isn't it? You'll get the you get the you can always get the answer you want to get, whether that's actually the right answer or not. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I think it's, it's about yeah, it's as, about trying to find that truthful answer. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, it's time, Serge. So I, I thought we should move on. So, uh, to what you're on at the moment, you mentioned you're doing. Is it is it the voyage of Doctor Doolittle? You're doing That's correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is, I say, I think you know, Robert Downey Jr. is playing uh, Doctor Doolittle, isn't he? But it's he is also yeah. got some. Yeah, uh, of course. Yeah, and it's got some great. Uh, Great people doing voices of the animals in as well. <laughs> From what I was having a yeah, look at. Yeah, I mean it's it's um, it's a, it's, a, it's a stellar cast. Yeah. Um, you know it really is. It's a it's a it's a it's an amazing cast that's been put together. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean this is, the the script's good. It's funny, and obviously you know, it's, uh, uh, Danny Jr. is a, a really good performer, and he's surrounded himself with some really good people. So yeah, I mean who knows? Who knows what? will turn out but I think you know got got high hopes based upon the script and you know and the people that are involved so, um, so yeah that's um, I'm still not finished yet I was I've just got, gonna, got yeah. some more filming to do so um, and is that is that being filmed over here then is that a yeah it's all in Pinewood yeah. yeah and um, and yeah that'll be uh, I'm done I'm done by the I think by the first week in May so um, it's when it'll be finished and then I think it should come out at April 
it, it just feels like it's got a, a strange British sense of humor, yeah. which um, you know, which uh, which is on my street. So, uh, so yeah, it's uh, but yeah, it's you know, it's nice. I've not worked at Pinewood for a long time, so it's good to be there. I'm a big fan of the Carry Ons, so obviously the vast majority of the Carry On films were filmed there, and and uh, never mind James Bond. But yeah, it's it's, it's an, you know the. A lot of studios are still pretty old. You know, they've all refurbed and they're dead posh. But you know, whenever you look up the baffling on the ceiling, it's still the same. Yeah, same old. Um, you know, early sixties uh, sound baffling that they used and sort of stained and whatnot. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> fingers crossed, this is the same baffling that you know Kenneth Williams would have been staring at while he was waiting to film something between takes. Yeah, because I'd like, I'd like that. I like, I like thinking we're. You know what other things have happened in in those spaces. So yeah, it's a real, it's a great, it's a great place to work. A lot of a lot of great film history has happened at Pinewood. So yeah, it is an iconic place, isn't it, in the world of film? It is very much. Yeah, it is great, a great place to work. Yeah. So yeah, and so we'll look forward to well, we'll keep an eye out for when that's coming out. So it's probably looking about a year away. If you yeah, if yeah, you it is. Yeah, that's the latest yeah. release date. I think I, I, well, I, it's not got a specific date yet, but I'm pretty certain it's April of next year. So yeah, that'll be. Uh, I think I think it'll be good. No doubt. Yeah. Excellent. And um, is there anything else that you can tell us about that you're working on at the moment? Um, yeah, I'm working on. Um, as you probably know, I'm working on The Great Almighty Deal, which is a show about my dad, which yeah. is happening at the moment for a one-off in London uh, on Monday, the 23rd of April. But hopefully um, that'll just be the beginning of its of its journey as a show. Um, it's at very early stages of development. Yeah. So at the moment it's a one-man show, but I think if it were to happen properly, we'd probably have a small cast of maybe three performers in total. So yeah, just working on that, and that's been... That's been nice to do, just because it's, you know, although it's difficult subject matter, it's, it's really fun and it's a nice way of remembering someone. Of course, yeah. Make a piece of art about them. So I'm actually enjoying it, even though obviously the content is, is sad. But, yeah. You know, there's more to it than that. There's um, there's plenty of humour to be found in um, you know difficult situations. So yeah, that's good. And then uh, yeah, and that that's. And that, that'll be it. But like I said, I'm still beyond Doctor Doolittle until May. So of course, yeah. It's kind of hard to, uh, you know, it's hard to do anything else until you're, you're freed up. Yeah. By, uh, by a job being finished. But yeah, it's been, you know, it's been a good, it's been a good year so far. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it'll, be, it'll be nice to, I'm sure, hopefully the year will bring some other magical things. It normally does. That's normally how it works. Uh, no. Thankfully, it's some good stuff. Yeah, I mean, you you talked earlier on about the, the you know how up and down and difficult that industry can be, but it can also be that, like you say, it can be magical in that you just never know when that next opportunity is around the corner. Yeah, and you've got no idea yeah. what form it's going to take, or it's going to be a play or a TV show or whatever it's going to be. And also, then when you get the job, you don't know what you're going to be doing. Like, you know, if you said in January, oh, you're going to sp- you're going to be spending quite a few days in a fake prison cell tied up, <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. I'd be like, that's weird. You know, like, you want to <laughs> yeah. expect that to happen, or you know, so it's that. It's, it's you, have, you have no idea, and that that is the. That's the attraction of the job. Also, the downside—you don't know where your next course, check's yeah. coming from. But you know, I'm more than used to that now, and you just get on with it, and you just, you know, you just live your life 
and then and then get the work as as it, as it comes. Um, so yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's uh, hopefully it'll be the only job I'll have to do. You know, <laughs> I can I can keep this going till I um till I'm eighty or something. Whenever I decide to keep it, <laughs> and see how long I can make it. Excellent. So yeah, brilliant. It's, I mean, I like the the clear sort of passion that comes through for it there, which is great. Yeah, so. it's lucky to be able to do it as a job. Really. Yeah, you know, it's just uh, I've done plenty of rubbish jobs in the past of um, an in between acting jobs. So I'm, I'm, you know, I always try and stay super grateful and excited about what the job can offer, and it, and it does. It's. Uh, you know, it's changed my life. So, you know, there's there's, there's not many jobs that you feel you can really say that about. So, I do. I feel very lucky and, and proud of what you know what I've been able to achieve. So, yeah, yeah. Daniel Hoffman Gill, this week's guest. Great to chat to Daniel. Uh, after one, I'm really looking forward to the voyage of Doctor Doolittle when that comes out. Uh, so keep an eye on that. It's expected next year. And if you want to keep an eye on what Daniel's up to, you can find him on Twitter. He does say he's cut back his usage there, but he'll still post on there. And that's at, at Daniel H underscore G. So check that out. Give him a follow and keep an eye on his work. That's all for this week. As I said, no future guests to announce yet, but we are working them on, on them. So hopefully we'll be back in a couple more weeks. I've got a few other show ideas. And as I said, we are looking or actively looking for new show suggestions, ideas and uh, teammates, so to speak. Uh, I'm off now. I'm getting myself ready for the upcoming playoff semifinals. Uh, not travelling to Coventry this weekend. So excited about that. Maybe we'll have a a podcast about uh, about the playoffs if they go to plan. In the meantime, don't forget, you can follow everything we're doing at uh, various places. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash NG Digital and on Twitter at NG Digital UK. And uh, we are working on the website, let's keep saying, and also on Instagram and things like that. So we'll have more on that. And you, of course, can check all of our podcasts. Um, looking back through the guests, so we, we kicked things off. We had Henry Normal for the first show. Uh, since then, we've had, and this is where my mind got, Les Brad, not, of course, talking about Knots there, not uh, all-time record goal scorer. Uh, Lucy Kay from Britain's Got Talent, and who's uh, now a big, making a big impact on stage. We had... Uh, uh, Greg Marshall, the Labour Labour Beast and Council, who stood in the in last year's snap election for Labour in Broxstow. Uh, Jared Wilson, of course, from Left Line, found out and doing chief of Left Line. Uh, we talked to them about uh, Left Line's history in the under edition, which I'm sure you've all checked out. There we had a uh, comic Scott Bennett, who is a uh, has been posting some stuff about his fringe show. He's also, if you check out his website, which is a uh, Scott bennettcomedian.co.uk I think he's got his uh, his little web series Pillow Talk which is quite good fun that's up 
there at the moment. Who else? Dave Tong, of course. NLC, the final NLC was this past weekend. It was an amazing weekend. Uh, we had a chat about the legacy that that's left. Uh, Matt Turpin of the Beestonian and Nottingham City of Literature was appeared on a show uh, talking about the future of Beestonian following the grant. We had uh, Nottingham's young poet, poet laureate. Uh, also, Georgina Wilding was also on the show. We had Alice Short, a uh, poet and rapper, whose new single, Estranged, is out now. You can find that. And uh, this week is Daniel Hoffman Gill. I think that covers everyone. Uh, we've had on the show we've got more to plan so uh thanks for joining us thanks for enjoying it and hopefully we'll be back soon with some brand new shows in the meantime as i said you can get hold of us on all the usual ways thanks a lot and goodbye ng meets is brought to you by ng digital visit our website at www.ng-digital.co.uk and you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash NG Digital or follow us on Twitter at NG Digital UK.